Conversations from the front lines of recruiting. This is Hireside Chats. Join us as we delve into the world of recruitment and explore the latest trends, challenges, opportunities, and insights from the best in the business. Get inspired by industry veterans and discover the secrets to building powerful talent functions from their experiences. Whether you're a CEO, a seasoned HR professional, a growing business looking to scale, or someone just starting in the field, there's something for everyone. Ready for the ultimate recruitment power-up? Let's go! Hello everyone. Welcome back to Hireside Chats, an exclusive podcast brought to you by Diamond Pick that brings together insights, news, and views from industry leaders. I'm your host, Satjay. This week marks International Women's Day, dedicated to celebrating women's achievements and championing action to drive change, to create a fairer and a more equal world. At Diamond Pick, we are proud to be a company that walks the talk when it comes to creating an inclusive work environment that emphasizes equality and diversity. 50% of our Diamond Pick workforce are women and the best places to work for women recognition is a testament to the women-centric work culture we strive to build. Today, we want to talk about how we as HR leaders can build better inclusive workplaces. So join us for a meaningful dialogue about dispelling stereotypes, tackling biases and institutionalizing best practices to achieve a sense of belongingness in the workplace. Today, we are chatting with two very special guests, powerful women in their fields and inspirational role models to many in today's workforce. Our first guest is Kamali Rajesh, Global Head of People and Organizational Development at Syngenta, a leading sustainable and innovative agriculture company based in Switzerland. Kamali has over 26 years of experience working in various parts of the world, including China, India, Thailand, New Zealand, Singapore, and currently based out of Switzerland, giving her a unique cross-industry exposure in FMCG, automotive, and agriculture. We also have with us Manju Bharadwaj, Chief People Officer at Strive, a market-leading content technology enterprise and an equal opportunity employer. She's a seasoned HR leader and a specialist with over 24 years of experience across industries. She's worked with companies like Cognizant, Standard Chartered Global Business Services, and Renault-Nissan Alliance, amongst others. Listen in as we talk about their journeys, discuss the challenges they have faced along the way, and their perspectives on balance in the workplace. We will also discuss this year's IWD theme, Embracing Equity, and what it means for today's organization. Welcome, Kamali and Manju. Firstly, I wish you both a happy Women's Day and thank you for joining us on this special episode dedicated to all the amazing women out there. Before we begin, Kamali, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your career journey and how and where DEI has played a role in shaping your experiences? Thank you, Satish. First of all, a very happy International Women's Day for all the audience and to Manju and to Satish. I'm really delighted to be here and to share some of my experiences with the audience today. Satish, to your question, I started my career in a manufacturing plant and moved around several countries, several roles at you know country, territory, regional and global levels. Some roles, I must say, were more challenging than the others, not just based on the content of the role or the expertise that the role demanded out of me. But there were some other components like, was there enough diversity in the team? Or was I one of the few women 
who had to fit into a set of rules that were made for one gender? Was there enough awareness that cultural differences do shape leadership experiences? Or did I have to change myself fundamentally to belong to a dominant culture? These components did make a huge difference in my workplace and my ability to be successful. I think sometimes we tend to oversimplify success to availability or absence of a skill or an experience. But there are so many other factors that ultimately influences performance, diversity, equity, and inclusion being one of the key factors. Let me start with an example, right? I worked in a team where team building meant drinking their way to success in a bar. It suited many of the team members, almost everyone I thought, but it did not suit me. I loved working with this team, believe me. We performed exceptionally well together, but I was also very clear on what is me and what is not me. I believe building teams and relationships at workplace can happen through many ways. So one day I respectfully declined the invite and reassured my line manager that I will continue my efforts to be part of the team, but just outside the bar. And I did this without being judgmental. Once I did what I did, there were others who also excused themselves. And you know, you are not the only one, but you can be the first one to say what does not suit you and be the voice that challenges what appears to be a rigid expectation. Oftentimes they only appear to be rigid, huh? Because no one has challenged it as yet. Challenging with respect always have opened new possibilities for me and others. These are moments, these are absolutely the moments where I understood as a woman, I don't have to play by a rule book. And I do have the power to change parts of the rule book that no longer suited me. Just because I'm different, I don't have to be wrong. Different is not bad, yeah? Also being a mother and being a global citizen, living and working in over six countries, now have also played a significant role in my ability to be a passionate leader, embrace different cultures, understand people and their stories with deep appreciation, curiosity for their journeys. I'm also absolutely, truly grateful to all the people who have welcomed me into their homes and made it easy for me to call all countries we lived in as my home too. To me, that is really special because it is inclusion in a way that breaks down not just geographical boundaries, but boundaries in mind, the hearts, and in action. So that's the quick summary of a few highlights of my career so far. Thank you, Kamli. And that's truly been an amazing journey. I've personally, over the last two decades, learned a lot from you, from your global experiences. And I'm glad that you're continuing to be an awesome role model for several people out there, including women. Okay, Manju, you have held a leadership role for over 24 years now. We would love to hear about your career journey and what DEI means to you and for women, especially in technology today. Thank you so much, Satish, for having me over and Kamli, that was truly inspiring and relatable and a very happy International Women's Day to all the audience and to you as well, Kamli. My career journey has not been mine alone, Satish. It's a journey of many people who've supported me, who got me here, great colleagues, teams, a supportive family in the last 24 years have made sure that I took on every challenge that came my way, took every role, learned a new skill every time I was given the opportunity. And you would have seen that I made sure that I come out of my comfort zone every few years to challenge myself. So that's been my career journey, including working across IT services, 
banking sector and automotive as well. And it has always been a career of getting into the depth from rewards to M&A, from recruitment to talent management. My focus has always been building the expertise, which has got me here in the last so many years. And especially for women in technology, which is where I've spent most of my career, I would say that today women in technology can walk around actually wearing a badge that they have made the world a better place. What are we without technology that has happened around us? They have continued to inspire a lot of people to be creative, innovative, apart from creating a collaborative work environments across time zones today, and they've balanced all of that with ease. And it shouldn't stop with that. I really hope women in technology come together work to inspire a lot of girls to take up STEM education, which will help create the next generation of technologists around the world. And we have to make sure that the biggest challenge today, despite all that we're doing for women in technology and what they're doing for the community, that we still continue to face issues as far as getting them to the top. And we have to make sure that we get them to the top despite all the odd circumstances that we are in. Thank you, Manju. I've had the privilege of working with you in one of your prior organizations, and I can vouch for your career trajectory. You've set a blazing track record for several women to follow, and hats off to all of that that you've achieved over the last 24-odd years of your work experience. So Kamli and Manju, once again, welcome to the podcast and let's dive straight into the topic. We're going to be talking a little bit about promoting diversity, fostering equity and belongingness at the workplace. And I want to start by quoting a recent study by IBM and Oxford Economics. That's revealed some very troubling news about gender equity in the workplace. It turns out that 70% of global businesses still don't consider gender equity as a top priority, despite the pandemic highlighting the challenges women face. The report also saw women massively exiting the workforce from mid-level leadership tires that feed the C-suites and boards of tomorrow. Given the current state of the pipeline, when we do the math, we see it is impossible to achieve gender parity within the next 10 years, despite abandoned optimism and the fact that organizations are instituting programs to improve gender equity like gender-blind job screenings, parental leaves, etc. Clearly, bigger and bolder action is needed, and it's needed now. Diversity and inclusion today is much more than a progressive idea. It's the need of the hour for organizations worldwide. Diversity, just for the sake of diversity or political correctness, is not going to be enough. Having said that, Kamali, in your experience, today there's a lot of awareness and efforts in the DEI space. Are these efforts enough to foster equity in the workplace or do we need to do more or maybe even something different to create truly an impact? That's a very pertinent question. Let me take a stab at it. You know, certainly as a work community, I think we have made tremendous progress in the area of diversity, equity and inclusion. The question is, is this enough? Well, not at all. Not at all. There are several milestones to be crossed in this journey. I truly believe that. I'm also a huge believer of celebrating small wins and let that fuel more wins. Yeah. Here are three things I think we should focus on to promote more women participation at the workplace. 
for me, number one is representation matters. Yeah, you heard me right. Absolutely. Representation matters. Intentionally appointing women into roles, giving them the support they need to be successful. Equity is about knowing everyone will need different level of support to be successful and having the courage and commitment to provide it every time, not only when it is convenient, providing it every time. Men and women did not start in the same place historically. Think about it. The workplace was only for men for a very, very long time. So men and women do not go through the same journey, do we? Why should then we be supported in the same way or even judged against the same yardstick? So representation absolutely matters. Find a way to infuse women power into roles that matter. Not a token face, but a total commitment. To me, that's number one. The second piece, make men allies in this equity journey. This is not a fight against men. We can never achieve equity in workplace without the allyship of men. Show them the reason to be supportive. You know, today you take any average man. He lives in a social ecosystem surrounded by women, wives, sisters, mothers, daughters. There is no way to escape. Show them the why. Support them on the how. I'm sure many men are ready to march along and support the cause. The third one, I truly believe, is also measuring the progress. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, in my view, is achieved through three steps. Create the awareness, awareness on what inclusive workplace can bring to productivity, profitability, and overall well-being of employees. Number two, create the ability build the capacity and the capability of the workforce, the individual minds when it gets lifted up, the being becomes better and the doing gets better. Number three, follow it up with relentless action and measure. What gets measured gets done. Otherwise, nothing gets done. Very pertinent points, Kamali. Now let's hear from you, Manju, from your own experience in building and implementing DEI programs. What do you think are some of the main reasons for the program's success? And why do some of them fail to make an impact? Very important question again for practitioners of DEI. Personally, for me, success of DEI programs are measured with a level of belongingness. If we have not created belongingness through our programs, we immediately fail in the experience that we want to create in the world around us. We want to create that in the organizations. We want to create that in communities that we work in as well. Employees' teams should feel that they're truly included, feel genuine about the effort that we've put across in that program, and feel that they're part of the organization and the group that they're working with as part of any DEI program. When we fail to do that, when we don't create belongingness, we actually fail the program. And let me give you an example. Uh, we can create a support group for parents in the organization, helping them. And especially after COVID, this has become very, very relevant when they were working with children at home. But how do we then, uh, instead of just creating the same support group for everybody, how do we customize it for parents with special needs that they have, right? So that's where they start to feel that they belong to an organization, a group, which is thinking differently on their behalf. I know we cannot cover everything in that effort, but a small step in that direction will help people and the teams realize that we are in the right direction. We're thinking of being inclusive. We are making the effort to make them part of this entire program. 
So it's clearly not a tick in the box of creating a support group for parents, but we're trying to be authentic, sustainable, and mindful in our DEI program. When you don't come across as being sustainable and authentic in your process, we will not create impact to the organization nor the society. That way, I'm sure, Satish, you will realize that no leadership will buy in when there is no impact. And similarly, the employees will not continue to buy in if there's no authenticity in the program. Well said. I mean, authenticity is an amazing word that you used. And I strongly believe that that could make or break a program's success. We'll now move to the next part. Essentially, talk a little bit about the difference between equity and equality and how the two of you view this. IWD 2023's call to embrace equity is important for organizations to accept and adopt to foster a culture that stands out from the rest. So let's talk a little bit about this. So we'll start with Manju this time first. Manju, in your own words, what exactly is equity? And from your experience, what are some tools and strategies for embedding equity in our work culture today? A very important topic indeed. And I know there are a lot of examples out there, given that this year it is embracing equity as the theme for IWD. But personally for me, equity is about creating personalized experience for our teams. It's about being agile and dynamic in creating frameworks and creating the change that we want in the organization. And as a mother of two, I know personally with my daughters, I don't treat them alike. I know what their needs are. I customize my own approach to parenting based on their needs. So I think we can pick up an example from that, right? And if we bring that sensitivity to the talent that we manage, right? We bring up that same thought into every team leader or manager across the organization. I think it will be a good start. To create resources around making them understand how this hyper-personalized experience needs to be created for our um, employees and teams that we work with, I think we have to start with safe space for conversations. It's important that we create resources that are accessible, which help and sensitize various teams, managers, and even leaders at the top about creating an understanding of what equity means and what these personalized experiences and programs would mean for different groups of people. And as you create that, some of the programs that you will start, you, I'm sure you've started seeing across organizations happens around benefit programs that we launch or allowances that we create or in support groups that we initiate across various affinity groups that we create and so on and so forth. Um, in recruitment, of course, we have to start looking at, for example, embracing various health conditions and disabilities and see how we can have a focused hiring practice that will help us understand and make this experience come together. But all this will happen clearly only if we start advocating for this change and also living by the example. So only if you practice and if you start bringing it in your team, your teams will learn from you and take it forward, Satish. So if you're not able to create that inspiration within your team, we would have lost the game. So that's my personal experience about equity. Thanks, Manju. And, and something that very strongly resonates with what I also believe is creating of safe spaces and the personalized experiences that you spoke about and advocating change and truly experiencing and living it is absolutely critical. 
So thanks for that, uh, Manju. Over to you, Kamli. Workplaces have witnessed an evolution from the gender gap to gender equality and now to gender equity. So Kamli, is leadership truly gender neutral? And if you believe yes, then why aren't there an equal number of women leading all aspects of work and society? If not, why do you think that is? Again, a very important question, a question that we've been trying to find answers for, I don't know, maybe two or three decades now, right? In my view, Satish, we need great leaders, period. Not women leaders, not men leaders, just great leaders. But the reality is that as the seniority increases, the women pipeline tapers down dramatically. Also the reason why we have fewer and fewer women leaders at the top. Leadership qualities are dependent on many things, my view again, including gender, but not limited to only gender. However, I must say that some qualities when found in men are seen as a strength, while the same when seen in women are labeled as areas to improve. Let me give you an example. When a man is superbly assertive, he is a great leader. When women do that, there is a risk of being seen as bossy. I once had a colleague in the office who told me, you are too aggressive for a woman. I was too inexperienced then to see the double strand against which I was being measured. The mental association we carry from our social setting that women are caring. They are ready to make compromises. They are happy to listen and follow. They are waiting to be told. These expectations are so deep still in many parts of our society that seeing women who don't fit into these profiles at work it's hard to accept. It becomes really hard for people to accept, not just men, even women, right? This norm needs to be then labeled as something that's not acceptable, something that needs to be changed. Then these women become label carriers. I am no exception to it. For both men and women out there aspiring to be great leaders, this is what I will tell you. Just be yourself. Bring what the situation needs out of you and give your full attempt and commitment to that. Expand your perspective to see how you can embrace the individual styles, even if it challenges the mental mold that you are carrying. I have worked with some excellent leaders who are men, who are very compassionate, great listeners, vulnerable and non-aggressive. I've also worked with women who are pushy, demanding, assertive. I'm not saying good or bad, right or wrong. They're just different. This is who they are not right or wrong, not over or under, just different. And they shine with what they have. It is very important to be yourself. So you can travel light, spread the joy, love and light in every job you do. So back to your question, Satish, we need absolutely to do more to be able to promote women, give them a chance, appoint them, give them the required support so they can shine to be who they are and bring their unique, quality and value add to the role as a leader. I think we should embrace the difference, not just look for the same, same mold, same stereotypes and repeat more of the same. Very well said. So thank you, Kamali and Manju for these fascinating insights. I'm sure our women audience, especially aspiring women professionals, would love to hear about your personal journey and the challenges you faced along the way and how you overcame them to get to where you are. So Kamli, looking back on your career, what aspects of your career journey would you share as an inspiration to aspiring women to keep going? There are a few things that I like to highlight here. 
You know, let me start with this uh, little analogy, right? If you have an older sibling at home, you will understand what I'm saying. You know, sometimes with an older sibling, you get clothes, books, accessories that she used when she was your age. And now she does not need them anymore. And you receive a hand down, occasionally a hand down dress or an accessory or a book. Hand downs are okay for books, clothes and accessories, but not for what success means. Never take a hand down definition of what success should look for you. If I had taken a hand down success definition from someone else, I certainly wouldn't be sitting where I'm sitting. I wouldn't be working in an international setup. Maybe I wouldn't even be working because there were so many people who were very busy formulating what my life success should look like. Sometimes I had to stand up and say, uh-uh, I'm not going to comply. Marriage, motherhood, big title, big salary, international career, none of this is capable of becoming a criteria for success for everyone. Success is a very, very personal thing. You need to feel it within you. It needs to resonate for you. It needs to make you feel good from within. It needs to give you the power to get up every day and do what you do with great joy. Because some of our challenges, some of our struggles aren't easy. If it's not powered from within, then you've lost the game even before you begin to play. If it's not a great joy, then it is not success. It's a burden. Then you really have to ask yourself, are you going after what you really want? Or is this your attempt to get others' admiration and acceptance? If that's the case, I would say slow down, stay still, listen deeply to what matters to you, and then define what success is for you. I have done that several times throughout my career. What made sense at one point in time did not make sense at five years down the line. I was agile in defining my success based on where I was and what I needed. Of course, taking into consideration my family needs as well. Often I'm asked, can women have it all? The question is, do you want to have it all? Yeah, it's like going to a grocery shop just because everything is there. Will you pick all of them? I would not. Depending on what I'm going to cook, I will ask myself what I need and will pick only that. So simple answer to this repeated question is depending on where I am in life, I will pick what I want. And that may not be all of it. And it's perfectly okay. I think holding on to this clarity is a gift for every woman who's pursuing a career. If you don't have this clarity, then what happens? You want to have something the other woman has, or this person has, and that person has. Before you realize, you're just crowded with all of these things that you think you want. You're busy. But then when you sit down, slow down, you realize none of this is really making sense or making you happy. So slow down, stay still, listen deeply and ask yourself, what do you really want and what do you really need? So that's my second piece that I want to highlight. The third one is around everyone says believe in yourself. I would also say that, but I will add to it and say believe in others' ability to help you. Believe me, there are so many people walking around you who are ready and willing to help you. We must learn how to ask for help. Women I have seen, many women I have seen, including the one I see every day in the mirror, is not very good in asking for help. She likes to handle it all by herself. I tell her to let go and lean in. That's what I will tell the women listening in today as well. If there's one thing in my career that I would do differently, is not being less ambitious or less adventurous. It's about taking things light, let it go, lean in and ask for help. The world is not resting on your shoulders. You must enjoy the journey. That's incredibly important. 
very well said kamli those were some goosebump moments for me so kamli i totally get it and i just want to add on not being worried about people judging you in the circumstances that you have in life you are the best judge for yourself and when i got out of college and started working in chennai one common phrase would be oh chennai may not bring you all the opportunities that you want but you should know that your journey is your journey you can't live somebody else's journey and how do you make the most of what you have in your personal circumstances i think is up to you and not for anyone else to judge on your behalf so like i said chennai has been kind manage global teams multicultural organizations and you know and technology teams here and it's all happened here right in chennai but the only thing that i did was to just challenge myself get out of your comfort zone every time ask yourself if you're getting too comfortable with what you're doing and making sure that you know you're at top of the game at every point so it totally resonated with me just don't let anyone else judge you <laughs> so now i you know what manju what you said resonates so much with me i mean you know that's exactly why sometimes this journey can be a very lonely journey as well because you're not accepting someone else's hand down definition of what good is for you what success is for you because there is a deeper inner calling a deeper inner clarity that you are counting on relying on isn't it and and that's a clarity that only you can experience at that moment so how do you switch off the external noise and amplify that internal voice so that it guides you throughout your journey and that's just that's a beautiful place to be in people out there audience out there listening to me and manju believe us you have that voice inside you as well yeah what's important is to switch down the external noise because it is noise who knows you better than yourself yeah so listen to the inner voice let that guide you will it be perfect no it was never meant to be there will be mistakes but are you willing to learn be courageous and and it will be lonely but it's okay it's okay you know there are times when i was told that oh god it's difficult with you because you were so rebellious you're questioning everything yes i was rebellious at that point in time my journey from being rebellious to becoming a role model wasn't an easy one but it was possible because i took in others advices not that i went on my own i took in others advices i weighed in but finally i listened to my inner voice i think that makes a huge difference great so i have listened to my inner voice now and i believe it's the right time for us to throw at both of you some fun and quick rapid fire questions to make things a little more interesting i know we have been debating a very very you know profound topic so how about a quick and fun rapid fire questions to make things a little more interesting so let me ask you both a series of questions and the promise that you're to give me is you will answer them quickly and candidly so let's begin with manju first if you could have any superpower to help you promote equity in the workplace what would it be yeah a hyper personalization tool for our teams yeah okay kamali if you could have that superpower what would it be compassionate leadership compassionate leadership okay back to you manju one word that comes to your mind when we say woman leader impact satish okay kamali one word that comes to your mind when we say glass ceiling glasses are fragile 
You are not. Well it's not said. a word. It's a sentence. Manju. You're going to have to bear with me. Well said, Kamli. Manju, a woman leader or a celebrity who inspired you and why? Satish, it is uh, personal for me because I'm a third generation working professional at home. All right. So my grandmom retired the year I was born. And I think she left me with a purpose for life. So for me, I didn't have to look outside. I knew I had a, a living example in my own family, Satish. Nice. Kamli, a woman leader, mentor who inspired you and why? Well, I have one too many to name, Satish. So I'm just going to go with all women who have shown compassion and have chosen to nurture me through my life or all my mentors. Okay, back to you, Manju. Best career advice you've ever received and from whom? Quite a few career advice to choose from. But I think it may not have come as an advice, but I think it was practiced. And I must say, has been from my allies and male allies of all the teams that I've worked for letting me be loud and clear in teams. And they didn't mind me and told me that it's okay to be loud and clear and didn't judge me for that. I think that that day they made me belong to the team. And letting me be was the best advice I received. And that includes you, Satish. So thank you. Great. Kamli, best career advice you ever received and from whom? Unlike Manju, Manju, I am the first generation woman to have a career in my family. So you can imagine the journey. Now, the best advice, the one that I received, is that the importance of building believers around yourself. You know, for example, my husband believes in me more than I do. My children believe in me more than I do. I have people around me who believe in me, even when I'm having a bad day or a self-doubting moment. They gently remind me what I'm capable of. So build believers around you. Okay. The last question in our rapid fire round, and this is to both of you. Kamli, you go first. One piece of advice to the next gen women professionals entering the workforce. Be courageous. Put yourself out there. There are no failures, only learning. Okay, Manju. I'll take it a, a different turn there, Satish. I want to tell women out there that their economic empowerment is just not for them. It's for the generations to come. It's for the country that they are in and overall the society itself. So it's important that they play the part and help nations and the globe come together. Great. So this brings us to the end of an empowering episode that leaves us with a message to adopt an equity mindset to support one another and create better workplaces. That is a perfect way to celebrate International Women's Day. And thank you very much, Kamli and Manju, for sharing with us your experiences and fantastic accomplishments that you've made through your journey. And to everyone who tuned in, wishing you all a very happy International Women's Day. And thank you for listening to Higher Side Chats. Join us next week for another episode as we continue to bring you the latest and the best from the front lines of recruitment. Find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to High Side Chats today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to give us your honest feedback. Leave a review or share on your socials. Until next week, stay tuned.